Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. God told me to tell you this. That's paganism. Do you really expect and anticipate that the divine voice of God can be heard by you? That's horoscope reading. Standing in the office of the prophet of God. That's reading tea leaves. You can't have a relationship to God if you can't hear God. That is not biblical Christianity. You want to hear God speak to you? Read your Bible. If you want to hear God speak to you audibly, read it out loud. I promise you, 100% guaranteed, you will hear him speak. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Take your medicine, Friel. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. It is a bit above average. Now, here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! It's just nasal congestion. I'm not getting a word. That doesn't happen. This is Wretched Radio. I know what's coming. The first email sent to idea at wretched.org. It's going to have something to do with the Apostle Paul. Am I right, Jimmy? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you must be talking about how many did we we a number? I love this. Now I shouldn't love this because you might be led to think that I was rah, rah about something last week. But as I will demonstrate, I wasn't. Nevertheless, good try, Jimmy. Go ahead. Uh, this one's from Andrew, but uh, there's a stack of them. Uh, Hey, brother, uh, in regard to the mailbag question last week about Paul being baptized, mm-hmm. how about you have a look at Acts 9.18? Yeah. You see, I said, in answer to a question, was Paul baptized? I said he must have been because he would have been obedient to the first commandment, but we don't have it articulated in the Bible. Now, to demonstrate, while I appreciate your effort to correct me, <laughs> you see, Because the talk show host is never wrong, what we're dealing with here is a manuscript issue. The manuscript that Andrew and others are using, there's a passive, imperfect, imperative, definitive of the nominative case of the word baptize, which just was Paul saying that he liked baptism, but that he wasn't baptized. Why? Because the talk show host is never wrong. I guess I didn't take my medicine very well, did I? No. Actually, I do dig it. Please hold me accountable. I don't, I am not the evangelical pope. That's John MacArthur. I'm kidding. He even, he gets, John MacArthur will tell you he's biffed things. None of us are infallible, even radio talk show hosts. So if you got a correction, please send it to idea at wretched.org. Just make sure you've got the right translation. <laughs> All right. This one is from uh, this from John. <laughs> hey, Todd, this came up this week in our Bible study, and I would love your thoughts on whether or not Ananias and Sapphira were saved. <laughs> All right. Let's just ask a question. Acts chapter 5. What 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 is told to us? First of all, we're not told they were baptized. However, in the preceding verses, this is all in the context from Acts, the end of Acts chapter four. They're talking about the, how we shared stuff, uh, how how they were they were kind, how they met, and how there was love inside of the body. 
And then we're introduced to Ananias and Sapphira. You know the deal. They sold a piece of land. They said they were giving all the money to the believers, but they had held some back. And God whacked them. Husband, then wife. Gasp. Does it say it's because they were heretics? It is. Was it because that fruit was an indicator that they weren't saved? No. We're just not told that. So how do we noodle around whether or not they were saved without ultimately making a declarative statement as to whether they are or aren't? I think the context points us toward, yeah, they probably were. Why? Because they're grouped in with the believers in Acts chapter 4, sharing, giving, living together. It doesn't say but there were two that were false converts. There were a couple of tears, and it just doesn't say that. So I can only conclude, if I had to make a call on it, we'll probably be seeing them in heaven, but maybe not. How definitive was that, Jimmy? That was that was just fist-pounding, declarative. Idea at wretched.org. Do you think they're going to be in heaven, Jimmy? I think so. I think it so. just tips that way. Yeah. And—, and you don't want to use this to become all Tully and Chavigny, but we got to remember Christians sin. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it? That we would see that sin and go, well, yeah, they lied, but they still gave a bunch. You know, they gave most of it. You know, it's just a little lie. Why do we have that story in the new Testament in the first place? Well, I think it's there for Richard Dawkins and others who go this megalomaniacal dictator in the old Testament. Then he changed character and became all sweet and cuddly in the new Testament. No, his character and his nature, they're the same. All liars will have their part in a lake of fire and Ananias and Sapphira. They lied. Now that doesn't mean they were in the lake of fire. It means it's a serious high handed crime. And that's what you see after they tote them out and bury them. What happened? There was, hold on, I'll tell you what happened. There was fear and there was not only in the church, but also in the community. There was a, there, something happened because of it. All right, Acts chapter 4, sharing all things. So in Acts chapter 4, verse 32, now the multitude of the, so it's about the sharing stuff. Then Acts chapter 5, but a certain man named Ananias, and then we get the story. It was about three hours later when his wife came in. Peter said, tell me whether you sold the land, et cetera, et cetera. How did you, why did you do this thing? She immediately fell down and the young men came, took her out. And fear, great fear came upon all the church and upon all those who heard these things. So it wasn't because God was just ticked off at them. He can take anybody's life anytime that he wants to, believer or unbeliever. Our life, it is in his hands. We are on his timetable, and he does not sin when he takes away life from an individual who, by the way, doesn't ultimately die eternally. And one of the purposes we see is that there was much fear inside of the church and in the community. I suspect people actually could have gotten saved from what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. We'll find that out in eternity, too. Idea at wretched.org. All right, this one comes from Bailey. Mr. Friel, I have always been a timid, fearful person. I was saved last year and have had a hard time with the fear of man. I know that the Bible says that cowards will burn in the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. How do I overcome cowardice and fear of man? Well, here, let's go back to Ananias and Sapphira. All liars will have their part in the lake of fire. 
Now, that doesn't mean that Ananias and Sapphira were in it. Cowardice is condemnable. But that doesn't mean that if you ever play the coward that you're condemned. It simply tells us this sin is exceedingly sinful. Now, could it be that you qualify for that cowardice that condemns? Sure. But that's that's not just, I'm kind of scared to share my faith or, you know, when they came knocking on my door, I didn't speak up like I should have. Well, that could be a sin. But the cowardice that condemns is the one who just, they're ashamed of Jesus. They don't want anybody to know that they're a Christian because they're embarrassed about it. And then we think of the words of Jesus, deny me, I'm going to deny you. Now, what about the one-offs? Somebody under pressure, they're on the rack. Well, this was already debated for us in the early church. When Christians were persecuted, they would recant, but then they'd come back into the church. And typically the church, not everybody agreed on this, but typically in the church, they fell more toward, um, we, we got to give them grace. Let them back in. They blew it. They sinned. So if you are committing a sin, don't necessarily let that think it condemns you. It could, but we Christians sin. And so many people struggle with this issue, thinking, I sin, I'm out of the kingdom. Just want to give you a heads up. Next week, we are going to address that subject head on. And we're even going to give you something to help you with the subject of assurance. Jimmy, what's the name of the book that we have in our, when God is, when people are big and God is small? That's it, my Ed Welch. All right, so here's, here's the good news if you feel timid, because that is kind of your makeup. I think we need to remember a couple of things. First of all, it is excellent that you recognize it. That's step number one. Okay, now does that mean that you are supposed to become like John Wesley preaching outdoors? Not necessarily, but it does mean that you should start moving in a direction where you can have more courage and confidence being around people. So this is a sanctification issue, and the Lord will walk you through it, and he's going to give you the strength to do it. So step number one, identifying it, excellent. Step number two, figure out what you can do to be courageous with the gospel. You don't have to be John Wesley. You don't have to be Ray Comfort. Figure out your gifting. We're not all supposed to be open-air preachers. We're just not. Not everybody is built to go to the campus and witness to people one-on-one. But that doesn't mean that you're not participating in the Great Commission. So figure out what you can do and start. Take little bites. Get some gospel tracks. Get some gospel booklets. We happen to have some available at wretched.org. Then just leave them someplace. You're sitting. You take a bus to work. Leave it on the chair. Somebody will read it. You maybe saw, you could put one into a bill. You're returning some mail. Somebody calls you to telemarket. And don't you love it that your phone now says scam likely? How did that take so long to take place? And just get going and do what you can do. Ask the Lord to give you more courage, more boldness. Grow in your confidence, not because of your abilities, but because of the one who will give you the words to speak. And then let the Lord use you the way that he has made you. This is Wretched Radio. Cool, very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This year marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry. 
but also it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Clubs Romania. Now Tomorrow Clubs Romania has 106 clubs. That means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved. They bring the gospel home, parents get saved, and local churches get strengthened. Would you please consider supporting the Tomorrow Clubs? Not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania, Ukraine, Russia, Albania, all over Eastern Europe, and now in Africa, would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and to Eastern Europe? Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Thank you for joining us at Wretched Radio today. Did you know there is one simple, convenient location where we've compiled all things wretched? I'm talking about our full daily 60-minute radio programs, our full daily 30-minute TV episodes, information about our other productions like Road Trip to Truth and Transformed, and a store that contains a ton of amazing resources like Jesus Unmasked, the Drive-By series. It can all be found at wretched.org. And hey, while you're there, I would urge you to visit our donate page. There you'll find information on a lot of the questions you might have on becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner. Now, if you're already a Wretched Gospel Partner, you know we humbly thank you for your efforts in helping us reach millions with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not already a Wretched Gospel Partner, talk to your spouse and then prayerfully consider partnering with us. Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Just because Roe v. Wade is overturned, that does not mean the battle for life is over. Would you please consider supporting Preborn Ministries, providing ultrasounds that genuinely save lives? That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing when she got here. It was just, oh my gosh. Another woman who chooses life because she saw an ultrasound. Her life, and obviously her baby's life, changed. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. The war for life continues to rage. Would you please engage in the battle and support preborn centers at preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. 863 AD. Cyril and Methodius, Greek brothers, evangelize the Serbs. Cyril develops the Cyrillic alphabet, which remains the basis for the Slavonic used in the liturgy of the Russian church. Even the alphabet can be a reminder of God's work in the world. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's here. This is Wretched Radio Transformed Season 2. It's on the shelves. Biblical counseling, live, in person, real people, real issues. Like what you say. Can the Bible really address ADHD? Yes. Anxiety? Yes. Self-pity? Yes. Body image? Yes. Substance abuse? Yes. Perfectionism? Discontentment? Assurance, anger, all of it can be addressed biblically because the Bible is sufficient. And you're going to see that transform season two. If you're interested in this for personal use at home, watching it with the kids or Sunday school or youth group, it is available at wretched.org. 
And I got to do a shout out as long as I'm doing a shout out. We love making stuff like this. One of the episodes is on assurance. As I mentioned, next week, we're going to be doing a lot of focusing on the subject of assurance. And we are going to give you something that we believe will help you. You're going to dig it. I'm telling you, it's so good. And it's, and it's our gift to you. And we can do these things because of our gospel partners. So if you are one of the people who supports us, thanks for letting us do these things. It is our desire to help believers to grow all of us. We get to grow a lot here and to strengthen the local church and reach the lost because people see Transformed on TV networks around the globe. So thank you for being a gospel partner. And as long as you're at the internet, please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, as long as we're doing plugs here. Okay. And if you want to send some Bibles to the Philippines, mm-hmm. <laughs> look at me. I'm Ben Shapiro, just sneaking it in so casually you wouldn't even notice he's doing a advertisement. It's just un- okay, Jimmy. Yes. I'm uh do your do your best Ben Shapiro impersonation. Oh, I can't. And then I'll I can't. do mine. I can't. I, I can't. All right. Well, I'm going to give it a go. All right. Stephen Crowder is a jerk. I'm just going to tell you. He's a jerk. And I'm going to tell you something else. If you have a difficult time sleeping at night, the pillow that you need is. Wait, what? What just? How did you? <laughs> zip, zip, zip. If you want to send Bibles to the Philippines, we're working with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles. John MacArthur Study Bibles. To brothers and sisters who are in sound churches, this is a church-strengthening effort. There's nothing wrong with distributing Bibles to folks. I, I, I think that internationally especially, it's kind of not a great use of money to give it to a complete stranger who can just trash it. But if somebody professes to be a Christian and they like a Bible, cool. But this goes a step further. These are believers, professing believers inside of good churches, Master seminary trained pastors through Masters Academy International. These people don't have Bibles, and we want to give them to them inside of the church so that they can enjoy a study Bible just the way you and I do. You can learn more about that at wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible. Now, Jimmy, if you'll stop with all of the announcements, we can get to the mailbag idea at wretched.org. All right. This comes from Emily. Hi, Mr. Times Infinity Friel. Mm-hmm. What does honoring a parent look like when they're a terrible person? <laughs> How do you respect someone who disgusts you? Well, not sure you have to respect them because that's got a slightly different flavor to it, doesn't it? But you can still honor them. What does it look like to honor them? Well, for starters, it looks like not speaking ill about them. It looks like not talking to your friends, gossiping about them, kind of just, oh, my parents, you wouldn't believe what they've done now. That's to dishonor them, even if they're quite terrible. It would mean also that you could still do things for them. You still can honor them by calling them or texting them if you need a distance separator. Okay, you'll work through that. The goal is to have a really close relationship with them, but you honor them by not and by doing. Doesn't mean you have to do everything they tell you to do as an adult, unless, of course, you live underneath their roof. But please remember, if you've got a really terrible parent, this, this, this should encourage you. You've got a mission field if they're not saved. And I'm kind of assuming they're not. (laughs) They're really, really persistently terrible. 
No, you just see them as somebody be one. And so you can honor them. And that speaks a word. It shows the world, wow, look at the way that child is thankful. Because that's what Timothy tells us. That Paul tells us in his letter to Timothy, that you owe something to your folks. They spent a lot of money on you. They gave a lot of energy toward you. Now, you pay that back. And that will honor them. Doesn't mean that you need to necessarily hang out with them all the time, but maybe you could because it just honors them and maybe you'll win them without a word. I know it's not easy, but that's what we're called to. We're really called to do hard things in the flesh. It's an opportunity for you to grow. Now, let me just make a specific context comment. You're at home and you're a teenager and you and your parents, you're at it. You just rah, every day. Rah. I'm telling you, if you stop it and you should, if you stop it and you start becoming super kid, you watch what happens in that home. You watch how your parents change. You know, it's really weird. But after like a few days, they, were, they weren't yelling at me anymore. Bingo. Because you have power in the way that you behave. And when you behave godly, when you do follow Ephesians 6, 1, it, it, it will go well with you. It's a promise. So if you're in an acrimonious home, you can't fix them, but you can fix yourself. And you watch what God does with it. Please send questions, comments, conundrum snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. This is from Kyle. Hello, Mr. Friel. Uh, some people teach that since Jesus' blood washes us from sins, past, present, and future, that we do not need to confess and repent every time we sin and that we do not destroy fellowship with God when we do sin. What are your thoughts? Well, you got to define those words because we see in the upper room, I think, a picture of what the Christian life of repentance looks like. We don't repent when we sin as believers in order to get saved. We repent because it's the right thing to do. And First John tells us if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. So what did Jesus do or communicate when he washed the disciples' feet and the response of Peter was, no, wash all of me. No, you don't need that sort of cleansing. You need your feet washed, symbolically stating you're in me, you're clean, but when you sin, you want to just get that off. You want to confess that. Furthermore, there is some power in that also, because if you don't confess it, you get pretty used to sinning and you get pretty cozy with it and you'll fall into a habit of that sin. So we just need that ongoing regular confession. And I would say it doesn't break fellowship with God when we sin, but carefully stated, it can hinder it. Just like if I said something snarky about Jimmy, behind his back, he finds out about it. Our relationship... All right, we'll still get along. We'll still do stuff together. We'll still work in the same building. But there's just kind of something there. And repenting washes the feet and removes, just like in our human relationships, so it is with God. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. Is there something you need to tell me? Maybe. (laughs) We could do it off air. Okay, this is from... uh, I didn't mean it. I forgive you. This is from Anonymous who uh, says, Todd, I am 15. 15. 15 years old. Can we just drink that in for a moment? Yeah. Writing a Christian radio program. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Now, I presume there's a question attached to this. Yes. Okay, like an angry question? No, no. So this is a 15-year-old who's seeking wisdom. Now, he's not come to a very good source, but that's not the point. <laughs> How cool is that? What's, what's this young man's name? Uh, anonymous. We don't know. We All do right. not know. Well, Mr. Anonymous, well done. He says, I'm 15 and would like to know if you believe taking cold showers, which is known to help with addictions, with porn and drugs, tells God that you do not trust in him to save you. Does that work? I mean, I, that was like an old joke. No, Take a cold shower. You'll snap out of it. OK, whether whether that works or not, uh, I have no commentary on that. But it's it's not the action that demonstrates you don't trust God. You eat, right? Does that mean you don't trust God? Well, no, I got to eat in order to. Okay, well, what about medicine? God gives us drugs that we can take to help our body. Does that mean you don't trust him? And the answer is, well, maybe, maybe not. It's it's a heart issue. If there are tools that can be used, use those tools while trusting God and work in growing in your trust of God. Continue to work on your heart. Uh, 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 the, what, what are the name of the dogs that, you know, they'll have the thing on and the people can take them into um, um, security dogs? No, those are people. Those are the Dobermans that bite you when you try to steal something. Oh, the uh, emotional support dogs. The emotional. So, OK, that's a gift. Use it. And it doesn't mean you're not trusting God. You're using something that he's provided for you to help you. But you should be trusting him. At some point, you can grow past using a dog using cold showers. Work to that end because you can take a, a cold shower if you want to, trusting God or not trusting God. Now, if you're going to be doing something sinful, that's a different bag. But he's given us many good gifts to utilize. Let's use them and not judge what's going on in our hearts based so much on the activity, but our hearts themselves. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. So recently, a reporter had a question to ask the president regarding inflation. Are you taking blame for inflation? No. Why not? Because it was already there when I got here, man. Remember what the economy was like when I got here? So let's look at how much things actually did cost when you took office, Mr. President. And this is a nationwide average, but the average price for a gallon of milk in January 2021 was $3.47. Today, that same gallon will cost you $4.21. Or how about a dozen eggs? It was $1.79 in January 2021. Today, $4.25. And gas, that's the big one, gas. $2.37 January 2021. Today, $3.41. And there have been highs of around $4.50. And obviously, the president doesn't want to take blame for it. But who would? Riley Gaines, she's a swimmer at the University of Kentucky, was recently on Capitol Hill, and she shared some information that you may not have heard. No one has asked us how we felt. We're, we exist to validate a male's identity. Um, but the Ivy League, Leah Thomas's teammates, actually, when they were concerned about the locker room situation and they sent an email to um, the Ivy League and the NCAA, their response was, here are some counseling resources you should seek if you, if you feel comfortable seeing male genitalia in your locker room. And then they were referred to the LGBTQ Education Center to educate themselves on the oppression that these athletes are dealing with. 
And apparently when you stick up for yourself, the NCAA and the Ivy League's response is to gaslight you into thinking you need counseling. Par for the course. A Canadian school has decided that they are going to be canceling Valentine's Day. Parents were notified that the students at the school were not allowed to hand out Valentine's on February 14th this year, and it's all about inclusivity. The memo sent to parents allegedly stated that some kids would feel left out because their families can't afford to give out any Valentine's Day cards or treats. Parents were informed that kids would still be allowed to give out their Valentines before or after school, but not during school. But thanks, I guess, for your permission to do whatever it is they want to do on their own time. Lawmakers in Tennessee are one step closer to banning the practice of child mutilation or child sex change procedures in the state. The bill, which would ban pediatric medical transition in the state, is quickly moving forward after having passed the Senate with an 8-1 vote earlier this week. It's headed to the Senate Judiciary Committee next week. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Song of Songs, also known as Song of Solomon, is a song about romantic love. The author uses sensuous, romantic language to describe courtship and marriage, desire and intimacy in the context of purity and goodness, which are God's intentions for marriage. A biblical view of marital love is romantic and passionate while being innocent and pure. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Jimmy has an emotional support dog. Huh. This is Wretched Radio. That is the number of the old toll-free. Got a question, comment, conundrum, snark, or church sign? Please call 1-877-282-BEEP. Jimmy, what's the name of your support dog? Uh, An emotional support dog. No, you didn't hear me right. I said emotional dog. Ah, that's different, isn't (laughs) it? Yeah, and his name is Woody. (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna, just going to call him out. I am. Okay, so you got a dog who's a little just. Yeah. Mm. He likes me, but uh, only when uh, I'm not trying to hug my wife. Wow. He loves her. Okay, so I got a question. Mm-hmm. Does that affect your relationship with your wife in any way? No. No, not at all, because we. we uh, okay, so you, you, you go to hug Mrs. Hicks. Uh-huh. And, and Woody does what? He barks and uh, he acts like he's going to attack you, but it doesn't affect us because. I think he thinks it's a game. You know, he's not really trying to kill you. I think he thinks it's a game. How do you know? Well, because he does it every dog whisperer. Yeah. yeah, Maybe he just doesn't like you. (laughs) That could be true. I'm sorry. The dog is become coming between you and the missus. I hope that gets worked out. One eight, seven, seven. Well, speaking of that, speaking of that, we, uh, we have a question that came in, uh, in regard to that, uh, that I'd like to ask. Okay, you. maybe you didn't hear the stinger. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but All this right. is this is one that um, that goes down that lane. Um, this is from anonymous, uh, Mr. Friel. Uh, what would you say to a husband who loves and values his dog more than his wife? My husband is extremely attached to our dog. The dog sleeps in our bed between us, and I've suggested we make her sleep elsewhere. But my husband says he'll go sleep with her on the couch. Ooh. Ooh. That's not good. Yeah, I point blank asked my husband who he loves more, and he refuses to answer. Yeah. Yeah. There's a root. That's the fruit. That that's that's the dog isn't the issue per se. I'm sorry. 
but this is that's painful and i would say quite confidently the dog ain't the issue there's some there's some things that need to be revealed there's some things that need to be brought out onto the table there are things that need to be discussed to talk about why in the world would a man rather snuggle with a dog than his own wife there's something there now that doesn't mean that if you do, for instance, biblical counseling, which I would actually encourage in a case like this, because there are much deeper issues. This is a fruit. We got to go find the root. That doesn't mean it's all your husband. You're going you're gonna to discover along the way that even though your husband has the presenting issue, he might have some valid issues about you. Now, that doesn't take him off of the hook. But it does mean that you have an opportunity to grow in those areas. And here's the guarantee. I don't know if your husband is a believer or not, but this is, I believe this to my core. If a husband and wife will commit to biblically addressing issues, and what that means isn't just slapping Bible verses on stuff, but growing in Christ's likeness. You can be coached through it. You can be counseled through it. But you've got to be determined. I am going to become more like Jesus Christ. I am going to make this marriage work. It will. If both parties are willing, it will. Because when two individuals are striving to be like Jesus Christ, increasingly the relationship is going to get closer and closer and better and better. And it can, and dare I say, it even will thrive, but both parties need to say, yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to let this counselor pick at some things, dig down deep. It's going to hurt. It could sting quite a bit. It might be a struggle for me because I've never done things like that, but I'm going to do it. And if you both commit to that before you know it, the dog going to be sleeping on the floor. Here we go. Of course, you did. You think that that was sufficient? I, I do. I, I do. I, I, go find a counselor. Go to biblicalcounseling.com. dot mm-hmm. Find a biblical counselor. Go to your elders. Talk to them about this. This is again. This is why the church is there for your good. Now, let's just say I don't know the details of this particular scenario, but it's a husband and wife. They both go to church, but the husband isn't loving his wife, living with her in an understanding way, cherishing her, nurturing her. Okay, the dog just shows that that's what's going on in his heart. He's sleeping in another room. It doesn't matter. That's not the issue. It's it's what's underneath. And this woman, she does need, I would say, a man talking to her husband saying, let's get to the bottom of this. Now, please note, it's not so seriously. You're sleeping with the hound. You snuggle with the hound, but... Not your wife. Dude! No, that's it's, it's not what we do with each other. It should be more like, yo, bro, tell me what's going on. Explain to me. Tell me why you are motivated to, to, to prefer the dog over your wife. I, I know there's stuff going on. Let's talk. And you would dig down deep. You're dropping a bucket into a deep well to pull out what's down there. And it's not snarky. Now, can it ever be confrontational? Sure. Like, hey, I don't think you're disclosing what's happening here. And if you don't disclose it, it ain't going to get fixed. Christians tell the truth, the whole truth, 
Nothing but the truth. What's going on? But it's not, all right, enough of this. That's not biblical counseling at all. And hey, as long as the subject of biblical counseling has come up, did I mention Transform Season 2 is available now at wretched.org? Friel, you did. Hey, Mr. Friel. Hey, Mr. Hicks. I hear this phrase tossed around a lot, specifically in women's ministry. Um, it's the idea that you have to learn to forgive yourself before you can forgive others. Or you have to learn to forgive yourself before you can accept Christ's forgiveness. Same thing with mm. you have to learn to love right. yourself before you can learn to love other people. Mm-hmm. And my gut instinct is that that's wrong. But I'm just wondering, is there any truth to the idea that you have to learn to forgive yourself and to love yourself because that's how Christ loved you and that's how Christ forgave you? Well, let's talk theology and dramatic role plays. Theologically, when you repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ, you're forgiven past, present, future. Done. All of your sins nailed to the tree on Calvary. They are gone. You're forgiven. That is, that's the fact. Furthermore, when it comes to love, because this is a two-parter, forgiveness and love, um, you're loved already. In this is love. Not that we love God or ourselves. Where does that come from? But that he loved us and gave his son as the propitiation for our sins. He loves first and he loves unwaveringly. Whatever your attitude is about yourself, it does not affect God's love at all. This, 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 is, this is dangerous, but it is powerful. When does God love you more? When you love yourself or when you're loathing? Oh, it's the same. Hold on. When does God love you more? When you're singing in the church choir or driving down the road yelling at a terrible driver? Oh, he loves you the same. Why? Because you're in Christ now. Let's let's role play this, shall we? You you you've committed a sin. And can you imagine Jesus going, "Don't even talk to me. I you got to forgive yourself first. I am not going to give my forgiveness to you if you don't forgive yourself first." Can you imagine that? It's ridiculous. Can you imagine not wanting to talk to Jesus because you haven't forgiven yourself, which incidentally, I don't even think is right. You don't sin against yourself. You sin against others. You need to repent to them. You need to seek their forgiveness. Then you need to go confess your sin to your Savior and have your feet washed. Can you imagine Jesus saying, no, 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 no. I will not love you until you love yourself. That's just it's preposterous. I don't know where these notions come from. I th- oh, yeah, Actually, I think I do. They don't come from the Bible. They come from the world, not Scripture. Hi, Todd. Uh, this is John from Alaska. And just uh, wanted to let you know about something that's popped up here. We have a, a lady up here who happens to be a 50-something-year-old woman who is a principal, uh, was made principal of the year in the state of Alaska this last year. I'm just going to guess this is going to turn south real fast. Yeah. Am I correct about that? You are. Is this the one that's it's a man dressing up like a woman? In kind of in a super cartoonish way. I don't. That was Canada. Yeah, that was yeah. Todd, 
why don't you just push the button and we'll all find out together. She posted a Facebook uh, rant, I guess you would say, talking about how she believes that Jesus is her Lord and Savior, she worships him, and that she also follows the teachings of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement. For that, her family had her committed to a uh, mental health facility for a period of uh, 22, 24 hours, and uh, she got out, and now the information is just coming out about the laws that are going into effect that are allowing families to do this, um, to make these commitments Whoa. Uh, of somebody who is otherwise uh, sane, like you, me, and it is completely involuntary, and it was uh, signed off by a local judge. Got one book to recommend. First Peter, the book of persecution. We need it now. This is Wretched Radio. This shopping rule has been officially broken. You know the rule. You're in the store. You're choosing between two items. One is more expensive. It's the nicer one, you think. And it's better than the less expensive item. You can't have both. It can't be inexpensive and good. That rule has just been broken. MediShare, double the satisfaction rate of people who have traditional health insurance. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing, and it saves the average family $500 per month. And yet, the people, the 400,000 people that are in the MediShare program are more satisfied with MediShare than other folks with traditional health insurance. The rule has been broken. Learn how much you could save and be happy with MediShare at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. There's a reason we talk so much about biblical counseling around here. It's because it works. Transformed, our biblical counseling series, hosted by Dr. Greg Gifford and Dale Johnson, is returning for season number two. As a matter of fact, it is on sale right now, and Transformed Season 2 will demonstrate powerfully, I might add, that the Bible has solutions for our emotional problems. Doctors Johnson and Gifford don't merely teach biblical counseling, they show biblical counseling in action. In Season 2, you'll meet Christians that are struggling struggling with the same things that likely you are. PTSD, anger issues, assurance, depression, discontentment, ADHD, abuse, anxiety, self-pity, and you'll see with your own eyes that the Bible is sufficient for all life godliness and emotional challenges. Transformed Season 2. It's on sale right now at transformed.org. That's transformed.org. For your consideration, not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church, the Masters Academy International, training men in Los Angeles who then return to their home countries and open up mini seminaries to train pastors in their native land. That strengthens the local church. But there's another way you can do just that. We are partnering with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles to the Philippines. Not just any Bible, MacArthur Study Bibles to believers in TMAI-trained churches. These efforts strengthen the local church. Would you please consider how many Bibles you might send, how many seminaries 
you might support overseas. To learn more, visit wretched.org slash pastor, or if you like the Bible sending idea, wretched.org slash Bible. Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the Mediator. God is holy and cannot have fellowship with sinful men. But Jesus is both righteous man and holy God, and through him we have direct access to God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Yes. Yes, we must. Making sense. Gluttons for punishment. Straight from the big guy. We know just what he'd say. I go, maybe come down there. So then we put it on the freeway. Everybody look up. This is Wretched Radio. You didn't know that I was that funky. I did not. Me neither. one 282 beep You're driving down the street. You see a church. It has a sign, and you think that's wretched. We'd love. Uh, well, we'll play them, is what I'm saying. one 282 Church sign. We lift up ourselves by lifting up others. What is that? What did it yeah, I know what's going on inside of that church. They're watching Oprah a lot. <laughs> yes, that yes, that makes perfect. She goes, mm, ah, it signs like, what is it? Lift up others and you lift up yourself? Yeah. Um, no, we humble ourselves to serve others, Oprah. Church sign. How's your Wait, 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 wait. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Is Donnie and Marie listening and calling in church signs? What is this? Yeah, that's a husband. Did you put this together or is this an adorable couple? It's an adorable couple. Oh. Church sign. How's your resolution? God's still keeping his. No comment from me necessary. I think they ladled enough sarcasm on that sign. It can take no more. Church sign. In Alaska, are pretty good. We've got two. One, Romans three twenty three. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Good. And out of the book of Luke, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. Good job, Alaska. Well done, Alaska. Except for the principal thing, Jimmy. That was horrifying. <laughs> The story about the principal who gets oh, yeah, put yeah. into a, 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 a psych ward yeah, yeah, because she posted that she believes in Jesus and the teachings of Martin Luther King. Correct. And it's a, it was against her will. <gasps> yeah. And a lot of, yeah. Well, at least they've got good church signs <laughs> in Alaska. That's 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 scary business. Did you? It, uh, where was? Jimmy, you'll remember, perhaps, the state where they were trying to outlaw children under the ages of, I think it might have been 19, going to these uh, trans shows, a drag queen story hour. They tried to make it against the law. And then some legislator said, okay, I'm going to forward this piece of legislation. She said it was a joke, but are you supposed to be making jokes? Nevertheless, it made no sense, but the point is pretty obvious. 
the legislation was uh, children under the age of 19 shouldn't be allowed to go to vacation Bible school or to Sunday schools because indoctrination happens there too. And there's been plenty of cases of sexual abuse. And she said, I didn't really mean it. I'm just trying to make the point. Well, you can't make the point if it isn't the same thing. So she actually revealed how nonsensical it actually was, but that she would even think such a thing, that people would actually somehow make any sort of connection between drag queen, whatever they call it, story hour, and going to church. (sighs) Let's just say we start thinking more in terms of historical Christianity And that means that we strive to live peaceably among men as much as it is incumbent upon us, as much as we are able to do so. But we're going to be persecuted. Those who will live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. We get ready for it. it. It will have good fruit, even if it doesn't come in a tidal wave, which if you read a lot of Ross Duthat, it certainly is coming. Wow, he's he's pessimistic, that one. And other people agree, and I see the signs too. Now, the Lord only knows what's going to happen in Western civilization, but let's be honest, this is not a culture war. This is a war about truth. This is a war against God, and they're going to lose, but they're going to give it a run because they hate him so much. And we need to be prepared what has been normative for the church throughout the centuries. And if it doesn't come, we praise God for that, But we prepare our hearts for that. And in doing so, we will actually learn to love our enemies. That's one of the things, one of the things that 1 Peter makes abundantly clear, that persecution is about evangelism. And that theme, by the way, is replete throughout the New Testament. I'm not inviting it. I'm not saying we're happy about it. I'm not saying we shouldn't take every opportunity now to speak against the darkness and stand firm in the truth not stand firm resisting the tyrants, but standing firm in the truth. We are called to do that. But if it doesn't keep the waves of persecution from crashing into the church or into your home, we need to remember that these people were once as foolish as we were, and they need to be saved. And the way we respond to persecution brings about salvation. That's what 1 Peter 3.15 is about. We use it as an apologetics verse. It's an evangelistic verse in the context of persecution. Always being ready to give a reason for the hope that lies within us. What's the context? You get persecuted. You're in a bad situation, but you behave like Jesus Christ, not besmirching people, not grabbing swords and fighting, going against the rulers. No. We realize these people need to be saved. And when they see us behave in that way, it is a testimony that they might get saved. That's what Titus 3 says also. Jimmy, what do you, anti-religious bigot, Nebraska Democratic Amendment would ban kids from vacation Bible schools, church, and youth groups. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She said it was a ha-ha. Hey, hey, madam, I don't know. Maybe you could spend your time, this is going to sound crazy, doing your job. Small town church time. If temptation is knocking, let Jesus answer the door. If oh, if temptation yeah. is knocking, yeah, yeah, uh, that's just not the way that it's. No, that's not what James tells us. <laughs> when temptation knocks, we submit to Jesus. 
We don't knock. What is what is we when we temptation knocks? Jesus opens the door. Uh, let Jesus open the door. I believe. No, submit to Jesus. Do what He says, and the devil flees. Hey, okay, I wouldn't get carried away with this, but have you seen the chosen? Let's just say you're you're being tempted, and. You want to do it. Your flesh says yes, but Jesus says no. And you realize you love Jesus so much more. This little passing pleasure, it ain't nothing compared to knowing Jesus. Not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. And then after a while, nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. The devil's like, "Let come on, move on to greener pastures. Let's go someplace else. This guy ain't budging. Submit to Jesus when you're tempted, and the devil will flee. And incidentally, that might be why your besetting sin is lingering. You're not not submitting to Jesus much or ever. Just do what he wants you to do. It's the better thing anyway, as if we should have to utter this sentence. Being obedient to Jesus is better than watching porn. Now, that's about as preposterous a statement as a human being can make, but he's the better thing. Start choosing him, and increasingly you'll choose him more. one 282 I've got a church sign. It says, all you need is love. John the Beatle, not John the Apostle. But, uh, hey, let's just undermine the authority of the Bible by making some kind of... You know, I was watching... Oh, who was it? I know it was Andy Stanley, and he was saying, don't say the Bible says. Don't say the Bible says. Say Paul said or John said. And what I wanted to hear from him is why. What, what, what's the point here? What, what, what's the difference? Paul's words are the Bible. And that's the name that we've always used. And, and even Peter identifies that, hey, Paul's works are like other scriptures. I, I sure would. Do you know why he does that little fakeroo? Is it because people hear the Bible and they go, oh, I'm not in. So we're just telling him a guy named Paul. <sighs> and it's just preposterous to me. So if, I'm going to do another drama. Jimmy, I am in fine dramatic form today. <laughs> hey, dude, um, do you know the Bible says that you need to? I don't believe the Bible. It's stupid. Okay, that's 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 why apparently Andy says. Don't say the Bible. Take two. Hey, dude, um, I'm reading this guy. His name is Paul. What's his last name? Uh, doesn't really have one. What? Doesn't have one? Well, he lived a while ago. You know, like, you know, Aristotle and Plato. It's not like Plato, Johnson, and Aristotle, Smith. It, it just, it's just a guy named Paul a long time. Well, where do you have these writings? For the, you know... That's not important. The important thing is that Jesus rose from the dead. Wait a second. Hold on. How do you know that? Well, because Paul said so. Well, who's, who is this Paul? And where is this written down? Well, it's in the Um, Are you going to the Braves game on Saturday? Should be a really good one. No matter what. You can do some sort of head fake or decoy as if you're ashamed of the Bible, but ultimately... <laughs> gonna have to say thus saith the lord as recorded in the bible and until tomorrow go serve your king